the MacGyver edition of the Never Gets Old podcast with your host, Mac Jackson, celebrating the episodes, the actors, and the influence that MacGyver has had on our lives. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube at MacWJack. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for a special Christmas episode uh, of the MacGyver Podcast. I'm Mac Jackson, and I have my buddy from my Stargate convention days, uh, Nathan Shell. I said it wrong. Shell. I, we were talking about Schnell, and that's what's stuck in my head. Uh, that's my fault. I planted it, the idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it's him. <laughs> but... Um, if you get just a little uh, heads up for everybody, if all the pictures you see where I'm in my Stargate uh, off-world garb, the vest that I use, I actually got from Nathan all those years ago. Yeah, it, it took me a while to remember that I had done that. I'm like, I gave him the vest? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I did. Holy I cow. Standing outside in the lobby in front of the... the um, what the display table that had all the stuff? Yeah, the display stuff. table right across from I think the only two doors that led anywhere really for the convention stuff. Yeah, and so I've I've made good use of it. It's an extra large, as I recall. Yeah, somehow I ended up with an odd size, and was like, well, I'll never be able to use this darn thing. <laughs> it, it 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 hangs heavy on me, but you know I can't find a large at the moment. I, I want to get like one that fits a little snugger. Yeah. Well, there's ways you can fake it and try to get it to fit tighter, but then it ends up still looking just bulky, you know, bulky on you. Yeah, I figure if I let it hang natural, you can't tell. Yeah. Especially in pictures. I mean, who, you know, who cares? Um, so, and I remember, it's funny the things you remember. I had, and I think I sent them to you, there were notes in some of the pockets that you had left, and I... I remember going, what is this? And it was like something to a girl or a girl to you or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, well, he probably would like to know that, that he doesn't have these in case they're important. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I remember where what I did with them anymore. But <laughs> that, that, that was at least one or two girlfriends ago. And now that I'm married, it, you know. When did you get married? Point. I got married in 2011. Um, do you remember the snowstorm in October? I remember wishing you or saying congratulations on Facebook, yeah. but yeah, the um, the snowstorm that we had October 29th, well 28th into 29th of 2011, I uh, was down in Gettysburg doing the whole you know wedding rehearsal thing, and that morning we woke up. Well, I woke up in another hotel room. We were doing the traditional thing where oh, yeah. you don't see each other the day of, mm-hmm. and uh, I glanced out the window and I just started laughing because. I knew I was there, I knew my wife-to-be was there, and the person who was officiating the wedding was there. So I wasn't worried, because I'm like, well, you know, the, the three important people are here, you know. <laughs> Anybody else, that's just icing on the cake. But uh, for the most part, everybody had showed up. But yeah, that that wedding night, or that wedding day, I should say, was uh, entertaining, because, you know, it's snowing in the middle of October of all months, and my wife and I, 
her name's Jess, we were joking during the reception, I wonder what her first anniversary is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, or the 2012, you know, with all the apocalyptic type, you know, pro- or prophecies and all that stuff that were going around. The, uh, October 28th, 29th, Hurricane Sandy makes landfall on the New Jersey coast. And all our plans that we had fell through because uh, Gettysburg, we were going to go down for dinner at the hotel that we we stayed at for the, the reception. Yeah. We were going to have dinner in their little pub-type setup there. Well, they were closed because apparently they had water damage from a bad or bad rainstorm that they had been hit with. Uh, other plans that we we had fell through just because that was our luck. So I told my wife, I'm like, all right, if our second anniversary there is an earthquake, a hurricane, freak snowstorm, or whatever, we're placing bets every year for you know what's going to happen from then on out. Yeah. And um, this year we lucked out and had a very nice anniversary. Uh, trying to remember what the heck we ended up doing i think we went out to just a dinner and a movie you know just did it low-key simple yeah well where do you live live in palmyra pennsylvania oh so you're not i'm thinking you're somewhere in the time zone but i didn't know you were as close because we're in dixon city which is basically scranton yeah i was gonna say that's up by scranton i think yeah uh it's it's technically the same thing anything that's that there's scranton and then there's the little sections around it like old forge is still kind of considered scranton and yeah not to see um, wilkesbury is that like the the brain yeah. half you know but uh yeah, same same set set up here we've got like hummelstown anvil palmyra campbelltown which nobody knows what campbelltown is <laughs> and there's a small a smaller area even called palmdale which i've heard of it yeah uh but yeah i mean you say hershey palmyra and harrisburg and they're pretty much just right all right on top of each other so um what was i gonna tell you a bunch of stuff to to catch up with you about because i try to to keep up through facebook on you know what you got going on and you're big into i won't even say cosplay because it's really and i'm learning the difference costuming yeah the way i the way i've often tried to describe costuming and cosplay to people is cosplay is for the people that have the the technical know-how, I guess it would be, to actually build the props, the costumes from, like, the sewing, drafting patterns and all that stuff. I have no time for sewing. Right. Prop making, yes and no, because I can always, you know, find an hour here or there to, to kill. But uh, costuming is more so what I tend to lean lean towards terminology-wise, because I'll just go out and buy what I need. You know, I'm lazy. <laughs> no, no, I, I, you know what? I'm the same way, because anything that I am going to wear... It has to be practical. Like, I found the Stargate jacket uh, right before I guess I first met you. I bought it through eBay for, like, $30. Yeah. And it was someone who had made this. This wasn't the came-from-the-factory thing. Somebody made this, and I'm like, whatever. You're selling yeah. it for 30 bucks. You know, yeah, heck, I can't pass that up. Heck, I had a... A replica of the type that they used in the pilot. Oh, the flight jacket that, with the that, that shiny material. Well, it was uh, a more subdued material, fortunately. But uh, 
I had I had shelled out like a hundred hundred plus bucks for that darn thing, and I at that point I was like, I am not modifying this because it needed a little tweaking here and there. I'm like, ah, I'm not modifying this darn thing. So I used that thing. Heck, I still use that darn jacket, and that's been probably at least almost ten years since I bought that. Oh yeah. Well, the the vest that you gave me, I use on um. Uh, like if I'm going to the what is it uh, uh, Renaissance Fair? Oh yeah, right. I get all stargated up because hey, people are dressed in fantasy anyway. Yeah, why not? So I mean, they, it's they like that one-off moon world. Time. Yeah, you know. And Cindy, um, you know, she'll wear a black T-shirt and green pants. And all right, good. You're my Carter. There you go. Uh, now we <laughs> now we got the kids. And Mikey's getting into, he understands Stargate and, and uh, MacGyver and everything. Uh, and he actually asks for it. And, really? Yeah. And, and Everly's just going to be two. So I, I can imagine us walking into something, being dressed like that, and saying, you know, Colonel Neil Carter, pointing it to Mikey, who will be Daniel, because whenever we play in the woods or whatever, he'll be Daniel. Okay. Uh, and then point at Everly and go, and Tilk. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, a couple things. Okay, what what uh, what everybody needs to know about Nathan and I is that we're big sci-fi guys. Oh, and uh, you are a lucky son of a bee because you actually got to meet my idol. Someday I will. Someday. Well, he... He definitely seems like he wants to do more conventions because... I love that. I know. The sheer fact... All right. I got to tell you the scenario that happened. I'm I'm here at home. You know, this is while I was... Uh, I don't want to say between jobs. This is while I was really just employed for myself. I didn't pick up a part-time job yet. My wife's downstairs. She's watching something on Netflix or whatever. And I went upstairs to do some orders. Sure. And whenever I do orders, I click on my mail button, and I bring up Facebook while I wait for my uh, mail app to process or whatever. And I just happened to catch my news feed at the right time, and it had, you know, recently added to Dragon Con, Richard Dean Anderson. I <laughs> ran through the house like freaking child on Christmas morning. I, I don't even think I hit a single step coming down the stairs. And I, like, literally spun my wife over to her computer brought up Facebook, and just pointed. Yeah. She thought I had lost my mind. <laughs> now, were you already signed up to, to go to it? Yeah, I had already planned on going to Dragon Con already. Which is where? Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, and that's why I couldn't go. Yeah, it's a it's a hefty haul to, to go for for one person. That's one reason I like it, because there's more than just, you know, usually one big name. But, but yeah, I, I went nuts. I was like, Giddy is a schoolgirl, you know, schoolboy, whatever the term you want to use. Either way. And uh, I end up talking to my wife. We're looking at her finances because I wanted at least to get his autograph. Right. I mean, the photo is a nice bonus, but sure, sure, sure. it's that one-on-one -on -one 10 seconds that you get, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I looked at, you know, how my finances were. And I'm like, okay, well, I can definitely swing an autograph. And she goes, well, I can't let you just get an autograph. Your Christmas gift from me is going to be the photo. I'm like, are you sure? You know, that's it's a bit of an extra money. Mm -hmm. She goes, yes. I'm like, okay, 
That's a I key. I tried to right? talk out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and bravo to you for actually saying, well, I don't know if I can. Because for me, it's, no, you don't understand. I'm doing it. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> thank God. Well, there, there, was no, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. I was definitely going to get the autograph. I, if I would have had to beg, borrow, or steal, I would have tried to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. But um, ended up, you know, posting on Facebook. Finally, you know, since I was seven years old, I get to meet my idol. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think, who was it? One of my friends that uh, buys stuff from me regularly at the conventions I go to said, hey, you know, I'd be interested in getting a Richard Dean Anderson autograph. Since you're going, would you be able to get me one? Sure, not a problem. Just, you know, make sure you give me the money for the autograph. That way it's guaranteed, you know, that you'll get it. Sure. Okay. Well, then, uh, I don't know if you remember Carl... If I saw a picture, I think yeah, so. He, yes. Yeah, he's he was there at that uh, convention as well. But uh, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm in the middle of moving. There's no way I would be able to even think about going to Steel or to Dragon Con. If I sent you something and money, would you get it signed? Okay, sure, not a problem. I'm thinking it's like <laughs> the poster that's sitting behind you on the wall or whatever. No, he sent me a... Uh, cast photo signed by everybody even Don S. Davis before he had passed away and I got this thing in the mail and I'm hyperventilating because I know how important this thing is to him and I'm trying not to you know freak out and like okay this is the first thing that goes in the box of stuff to get autographed because I don't want to lose this because if I do I am a dead man (laughs) yeah sure so fast forward to Dragon Con I get down there and I figured, okay, well, he's doing his autographs, and then he's doing his photo op right away. I have to get into a costume. And I was torn uh, between MacGyver or General O'Neill. So I'm like, well, I have the General O'Neill costume. I have bits and pieces for MacGyver. At the time, I didn't have long enough hair for that, so I'm like, well, I'll do the General O'Neill. All right. So I get dressed up. I gray the hair. And I'm standing in line, and I'm doing that freaking out, but not visually freaking out thing, or freaking out in my head and not not physically in front of anybody. Get up to his line, and by the time I got up to him, all the nervous energy had actually been dispersed because the guy that was in front of me was suffering from dehydration. And the funny thing is, he's dressed as Daniel Jackson, so <laughs> I look at him, I look at the guy that's in front of him, and I said, you and I are holding this guy's spot in line, you, go get some water, drink it, don't chug it, get something non-greasy, that'll help bring you back from dehydration. Okay. Meanwhile, the person behind me in line's chuckling up because a general is issuing orders to two people yeah. in front of him, like, well, you know, I guess it's just what I do. So he gets back, he's, you know, colors return to his face and everything, and I'm finally like, oh, okay. I get up to Richard Dean, and, uh, well, first I got up to his handler, and he's looking at all the stuff that I got to sign, and he's like, holy cow, you're dropping a, a good bit of money here. I said, well, you know, I'm doing friends favor or favors for friends, you know, why not? And uh, he's checking out some of the stuff, and I'm standing there talking to Richard Dean Anderson, and halfway through the conversation, I, it hits me. I'm t- I'm s- less than five feet from my idol, and I'm talking to him like I'm to you. 
this is awesome. <laughs> so uh, ended up getting to spend a good, I'd say two, three minutes getting a chance to chat with him. And I told him how much of an idol he has been for me and how even at a young age he instilled that you have to be adaptable to what life throws at you. And he, he chuckled. He thought that was a, a good lesson to take from MacGyver and everything. I asked him if he was enjoying this convention. He said, I'm, act I'm actually enjoying this a lot more than what I used to. And I have a feeling that's because back in his MacGyver days, he probably got overwhelmed. Sure. I mean, you got thousands of people screaming and chanting your name. That's got to be a little mm -hmm. unsettling. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing about him that I think is just... <clears throat> One of the things I adore about him is when he does these, now that he's now doing these conventions, he's yeah. all for it. He's like, you know what? Here's the only terms I want. The money you would have given me, give to my charity. Yeah. And what drove drove me nuts was the ones where we met, they could have had him. Yeah. But, they, but whoever was in charge said, nope, nope, we're not going to give to any charity. I thought, you idiot. You could have had him here. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and that's why I... When he the first convention he did, I think was Vancouver. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, Cindy Vancouver was trying to find a way to like get me tickets and have even if it were just me to yeah. go, which I love that she tried. But again, it way 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 too expensive because it's not just going to the convention; it's flying there, it's the hotel, yeah. and you know, which again, if he comes to our coast, without a doubt, I'm going. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I'm trying to get him to actually uh, come on the podcast. That would be... Right, to shoot the bull. And that would be cool. <laughs> and the good thing is is that I can avoid all the cliche questions that the poor guy... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he got he gets inundated with the typical questions. You know, I could run down a list. I think on the one podcast I did, I ran down a list of here's the things that people always ask him, and they sound like idiots. Yeah, and you're not now talking to a human being. You're talking to the guy who was on a show, and you know, our likes seem to be very similar. That we we'll, we cannot even talk about show business and still have a good chat. You know. Yeah. So I I reached out to see. All right, who do I contact to get him to come on? His mm -hmm. manager or whatever. And Kate from the uh, R D Anderson site told me. Uh, actually, it's just him. Yeah, once you're able to get his attention, he isn't on Twitter enough, uh, which is the only reason. Well, one of the only reasons why I joined Twitter was to have a chance to talk to him. Oh yeah. Which a little sideline, I did. We went back and awesome. forth a few times. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm like, That's all right, cool. this this paid off. Because think of how rarely he's on. Oh yeah. You know, and to have him go because go back and forth with me about kids and you know life and stuff. I'm like, yep. Okay, thank you, God. Now I just need to actually meet him in person. Oh yeah, I mean that, and be even real. It'd be even a real kicker if uh, he remembers, which he very likely could. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. He's fantastic about remembering people. Yeah. You know, and if I can get him on here to to chat, it'll be it'll be fun. But yeah. she said you have to catch him. You have to get his attention. And when he's up for it, the same thing with people trying to get him to do a convention. They just have to get his attention. Yeah, they have yeah, to get him sure. right. You know, absolutely. So it, uh, he'll do it I'm, as long as I'm persistent, I guess. Yeah. Without I'm being sure. a pest. That's the thing. Yeah, you, you want to be persistent but not annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I 
only uh, comment on his tweets when I think it's uh, natural. Yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I have something intelligent to add to this. So, oh, and by the way, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Here's my podcast about you. Please come on. But, yeah, wow, lucky. And then you got a picture with them. Yeah, which it was funny. Um, when I was up, they had him at this. Uh, usually, I mean, you, you remember the convention. You know, they have a table that the actor sits behind. Well, here... They didn't have him in the main room with the rest of the actors. They had him in, I want to say, an upper lobby area of um, the Hilton down in Atlanta, where they actually had him behind a coat counter, or coat check counter. So, Yeah, so, you know, if you walked up, the counter was up to about your mid-chest, and he was actually sitting down where his head was even with, with the top of the table, which from a distance I'm sure kind of looked amusing, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I walked, you know, I'm walked up, I'm walked up, and all he saw was from like the chest up of the outfit, and he he had actually remarked that he said it looked like I was in costume. I said, yeah, I'm I'm dressed as you know you as a general because I couldn't get a good enough hat for doing your BDU outfit. And uh, he goes, well, I'd love to see it, but unfortunately, you know, counters in the way and everything. I said, oh, you'll you'll get to see it later. I'm I'm actually looking to get a photo with you later at the place across the across the way. He's like, okay, cool. I'll look forward to it. And uh, when he did end up getting a photo, he he did that moment of you know just doing the the checkout quick, like, oh wow, you know, you did a really good job, you know. So it it was. It was intimidating because at that point, now there was no counter between me and him. It was literally, boom, right next to each other. Yep. But, like I said, he is he's a really nice guy to meet. He will blow away any expectation. Absolutely. That's the other thing I love, too. When he One of the things he said has to happen is don't rush him. Yeah. He, he, le- he definitely seemed to, like to take his time. Like, can you, I mean, that's what to, I want to make sure I meet everybody. The only yeah. other guy in this world that I had to make sure that I meet, Richard Dean Anderson obviously is the one left. The only other guy was Michael Nesmith, who I never thought I was going to meet. And if you look at my Facebook page, that's my picture. You know, our Cindy and my band, Harmony Constant, is named after one of his songs. Okay. And I wonder. I actually wondered that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes, that makes sense now. And along with um, uh, Richard, I mean, the two funniest people in the world to me, I've always said... Richard Dean Anderson and Michael Nesmith, because it's that dry, smart humor as opposed to just making goofy faces type of thing. Yeah. Um, and he, in a lot of ways, they're similar because they're both, like you said, better than your expectation. Yeah. Super kind, super human, super sweet, and make sure they go out of their way to spend time with each person as opposed to a cattle line. You know, yeah. Mike Nesmith did a thing uh, he called conversations, which is what I got to have. Instead of having a, a meet and greet, mm-hmm. he goes, uh-uh, I don't know if this can happen, but I want to have conversations with people. So I want to have at least five minutes per person for this. And even then he goes, I don't know if the logistics will or the legalities will let me do it, but I'm going to try and sure enough, I did. And it, I'll, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I already have it recorded. I'll just send you it. It's 
fantastic. He knew me. He knew me from years ago when I wrote to him back in like 87 and all the years since. He, he knew of me, he knew of my music, and he liked it. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, when I gave him a CD of uh, David Gray and Harry Chapin, because those are two other musicians that I think are profoundly, in, like, make intelligent music. Right. First thing he goes, all right, I will look forward to it and, and love it. Is your stuff on here? I'm like, yeah. I, I threw it out. He's like, good, that's what I want. I'm like, all right, then. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so, cool. You know, yeah. And and again, uh, RDA seems the same way. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm just... hoping if if I get the chance to meet him again, he'll, you know, it'll click and he'll be like, oh wait, you were the guy that was dressed as General O'Neill. <laughs> your your hair's not white now. Okay, cool. Yeah. He. Uh, every every person I've gotten the chance to talk to who has met him, not one negative thing to say. I, have... I think. The only bad thing someone I think has ever said was, he still has a huge draw. I'm like, is that such a bad thing? That means he's that popular, you know? Oh, They're like, no, oh yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it, you know? <laughs> You're loved by billions. When? Yeah, well, I think it was the person just doesn't like lines, that's all. <laughs> yeah, well, then they don't go to those things. Exactly. You know? Um, but I have a couple other friends uh, who have met him and sent me pictures of them and meeting him, and they're they're like... Oh, I, I told him I can't wait for you to meet him. <laughs> like, thank, thank you. That's that, that's kind of cool to put that thought in his head. Yeah. Dude. Well, heck, if enough if enough people do that, maybe subliminally he'll uh, seek you out. Like, That'd be Matt pretty. Jackson. Cool. Why do I know that name? You know, that's cool. Um, I want to tell you something which I think you'll be shocked and then happy about. Uh, because I've, I've seen your, your pictures. I'm going to post a bunch of them during our, when I put this together. That's okay. Um, but you are apparently a big Doctor Who fan. Yes. Okay. I, uh, I actually yes. got into Doctor Who thanks to somebody I worked with on a independent film I had done a couple years ago. And, uh, I got to, you know, BSing with the guy who's our, uh, videographer basically not videographer uh director of photography i think is the actual technical term but uh he and i were talking because i had seen an episode of um christopher eccleston's time as the doctor and i got to talking to this guy and he's like oh yeah that show's been around since you know 63 and i'm like really (laughs) so you know i sat down and i did the research and i i fell in love with it just because it's one of those shows that it changes with the time, but it's also got change built into it so that it can continue to go mm-hmm. beyond whatever main actor is currently in, involved. So, well, I, I, the, here's the part where you'll be ashamed of me. I was never into Star or uh, uh, Doctor Who. That's okay, but it's not everybody. But here we go. I'm learning. There you go. I've watched the occasional episode here and there. Mm-hmm. I've watched some of the the big ones, the, uh, you know, like Rose, when she goes away, when uh, uh, Amy and her husband go away. Oh, that was a heartbreaker. Right, wasn't it? Well, both both of those two in particular were were heartbreakers just because, you know, Rose was coming into her own and kicking some butt, and all of a sudden, 
Uh, I guess we should add the tag spoilers here. Just oh, in case. people know. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, the shows, you know, the episodes have only been around for at least a year or so. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, then when Amy and Rory left, oh my god, that was just, I, my heart hurt like it had been ripped out of my chest, shown to me, and then shoved back. I just like, saw that one a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, that was a that was a rough one. Um, but yeah, I mean this. The show just seems like it's it's got legs and it's just going to keep running forever. Well, you know, and I'll tell you this. I've since I saw The Day of the Doctor. Okay. Um, loved it. Yeah, I mean, that was a really well done way of celebrating the 50th anniversary and giving a bit of a history lesson that a lot of people just assumed, I guess, would be the best term for it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and here's the problem that I have so far I've, I've since gone back and i'm maybe seven eight episodes into eccleson's run okay. i figure i'll watch them in order um, yeah that'd be the he would be the best one to start with you know get introduced to the newer doctor who stuff and then if you have the time go back and watch from hartnell forward because once you watch you know 9 10 and 11 and soon to be 12 going back and watching the older stuff you actually understand some of the references even better having the history lesson followed. When, when he says, oh, you, you changed it. I don't like it. He goes, yeah, you always say that. Yeah. I saw the clip of when they had the second doctor telling like the third or fourth or whatever doctor the same thing. I don't yeah. think you've done, you know. Um, but the problem I always had with it was, and you'll appreciate this, for me it's mythology mm-hmm. uh, where a good show gives you, here's what it can do. It can go between here and here, and you can't go outside that. Because within those walls, things make sense. Uh, Back to the Future, Quantum Leap, Highlander, they all have a solid mythology which explains what they can do, and therefore what they can't do makes what they can do more exciting. Doctor Who, they're getting better at it, but they also kind of just go... Eh, what you know? What whenever they find themselves in the corner, they have either the electric screwdriver or whatever is it, the sonic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Or what's the first thing t- about the doctor? He lies. Exactly. Yeah. See, and I know that now. Yeah. Well, there is one thing that the sonic screwdriver can't do, and it it can't do anything with wood. Hmm. Now, uh, at one point, apparently, ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, supposedly at one point he modifies it temporarily or whatever for uh river song which you'll get introduced to her i know about her better. yeah that yeah. was a great that was one of the great ones i saw too where you got oh she's who okay yeah. oh that my wife did not like her at first because she's well my my wife really liked you know david Tennant's the doctor you know the 10th doctor with rose that's what she shipped you know that's what she wanted and when Rose got ripped from her, she automatically hated anybody that was with the Doctor because it wasn't Rose. But uh, that's just because my wife, you know, she wanted to see those two together. Sure. And they were. They did quite, you know, get together. Yeah. Which I love. But uh, seeing River Song with uh, Matt Smith's Doctor, she loves, loves the combination now. It's like, well... They're technically the, the same people. They get shut up. They're not. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. 
Yeah, my wife and I get into some very interesting uh, conversations about Doctor Who, and yeah, I try to come up with the most harebrained, screwiest ideas, and more often than not, those seem to be very close to what ends up being planned. Like, um, I came up with a weird plan as to who River Song is, and I don't know if you, you've gotten to that point in the story or anything, but I came up with the most harebrained, off-the-wall idea, and I ended up being right. Now, technically, my wife was right, too, because she kept saying, oh, well, you know, her and the doctor are married because, you know, she said something to him that only he would tell one person. Well, who's the one person you'd tell anything to? I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Your wife, you can't really hide much from them, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was entertaining when uh, I saw the look on my wife's face when it was revealed. Because before we had even seen that episode, I think it was like a week, two weeks before, I had said, you know, what if, you know, this is what the case is with River Song? And she's like... No, that's just too far fetched. That that does no. That would that doesn't work. I'm like, all right, you know. Fast forward to the episode. She's just glaring at me like I had seen the episode before. I'm like, how could I have seen it? It didn't air until today, you know. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, and that's great too because Cindy and I will always have those fun conversations about anything sci-fi. One of the shows that we are now getting into uh, is uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's a really good show. Right? But here's here's the thing. Here's where I'm <clears throat> I'm at. She has given herself completely to this show from the First of all, okay. We start watching the show. All right, it's got a good premise, but you know what? They have to work on the mythology because and this is where I I'm, I'm currently at. It's hard to week after week watch these two people go up against these demons and everything that can just pop into a room and kill you. And the fact that they aren't, I'm like, oh, that's good. I can't believe that after so many episodes. Yeah. And she thought the same thing. And she's like, you know what? After three episodes, she goes, I'm done. I'm not watching this. And then I kept watching it. And I thought, yeah, I probably will lose it too if they don't make it better. And then the episode with the haunted house. Yes. I was going to say, hopefully you got at least that far, because that's where they do they, they start guiding it. They got me right then and there. I'm like, okay, you uh, you got me. And, and I told her, I said, this show just became excellent. This isn't just an okay show now. This became excellent. Yeah. And I've, she's I've into it. Up, I'm cu- I've come up with a good theory, not a theory, but a good way of looking at any new show. Most shows, unfortunately people tend to give two, three episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of networks do. But really, you have to give shows the first half of the season because a lot of times they don't film one episode, two episode, three episode, four episode. They film aspects from episode one, two, three, five, and then go back and film you know the bits that fall in. And... I decided, okay, well, if I can give a show the first half of a season, it gives you a good understanding as to, you know, what the trajectory is story-wise, you know. You get the chance to see if it's a, you know, monster of the week type show or if there's an actual overall story arc. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of got that feeling. Oh, it's just a monster of the week show. And then, as you pointed out, 
It's exactly the Haunted House episode that kind of laid the seed work for, oh, there's not just this story arc, but other story arcs mm-hmm. going as well. Remember the second episode? They hide behind a wall, and they this demon thing is coming for them, and they shoot guns at it, and just out of pure luck, the thing decides to leave them alone. I thought, nope. If this, and I used exactly those words. If this is going to be Demon of the Week, bleh, I'm not doing it. That's lazy writing. And then that episode came along, and they, they're building on the mythology with the fact that, okay, they were bound together, and then they talked to the, uh, what was his name, the Sinister? Sinister yeah. breaks that bond. I'm like, brilliant. Thank you. Now you're you're making this more yeah. deeper. Because now he can, now he has the fear of, okay, well, if I get killed in battle, you know, it's not going to take out the Headless Horseman. Exactly. And uh, that that's really cool. And as long as they get enough weapons on their side where something can't just pop out of nowhere and kill them, then I'll feel at ease with the mythology. Yeah. Whereas Cindy Darby, d- d- she dove right in. Yeah, I think, this is, I think that's going to be something, at least hopefully for the next half of the season, they're going to delve into. Like, okay, well, we we need to build up our arsenal of things that we can utilize. Cause in, um, a great show to use as an example is a show called supernatural okay. where as the show progresses, you know, it's about these two brothers that hunt demons, you know, yeah, all the things that go bump in the night. Well, as they progress through the show, they don't automatically have all this knowledge of, Oh, well, if we're going to take out a Wendigo, this is how we do it. You know, it's, they have to, do the the research or they have someone do the research for them while they're getting their butts kicked you know <laughs> and it it doesn't stray too far from okay if a great example is in supernatural if you do a if you lay down a barrier of salt okay spirits cannot cross over that sure they do a very good job at okay once they've established something does something Unless they discover it does something in addition to that, that is a constant. Salt will always be a barrier against ghosts. Okay. You know, can ghosts, you know, get past that? Yes, if the the barrier is broken, like, you know, somebody accidentally moves their foot through the salt. Well, then that's no longer a barrier. Boom, they can get in. Uh, same thing with, like, the devil's traps all kinds of different things that they've discovered over the course of the show. And they even discover things that were misinformation, like, oh, well, this creature can't be affected by this, or it can only be affected by this. Oh, guess what? That was a lie. Here's actually what can affect it. So it's just, it's very interesting how they navigate the supernatural mythology. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that was one of the ones I was never into, and I have a couple other guilty pleasures that I still watch, but, um, like, I don't feel like, hmm, I don't know, it, it feels like it's, it's, they kind of, they're good shows, but I don't think they're great shows, like, um, Revolution. Yeah, Revolution, from what my wife and I are pretty much this entire season behind, because we got rid of cable, so we've been streaming everything through netflix or hulu 
or through like the websites that you can down or not download stuff, but stream it through like NBC, CBS, all that. And uh, because a lot of those sites only host it for like two weeks, it's like, well, you miss one episode, you might as well wait until it's on Netflix. Right. Um, Revolution, I thought, was very interesting premise. The first season, I thought, was a, a fairly good start. Right. The second season, I really got caught on much of it. I think we saw the first episode of the season. It became a whole new show. Yeah, and I think, well, the guy that wrote that, Eric Kripke, he did Supernatural. And he's one of these guys that when he goes to a sh- goes to do a show, he's got a five-year plan. If the show lasts beyond the five years, he tends to take a step back as more of a consultant instead of an active part mm-hmm. because he told the story he wanted to do. Okay. And that ended up actually happening with that Supernatural show. And there's an ongoing theory that the second five years is going to end up kind of dovetailing back into the story from the first five years, which is kind of a weird concept. But, hmm. but yeah. Um, I don't so know if it'll last. What's that? I don't know if uh, uh, evolution will last. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't really seen many people posting about it on, on Facebook even, so it kind of tells me when they moved it to Wednesday, I think. Yeah, one of those. They they kind of inadvertently, they probably tried to give it a more solid night, but ended up kind of killing it because it probably conflicts with something that a lot of people that were into that show already watch. Right, right. That and the fact that the show, everybody was so morally ambiguous. Like, nobody was quite a good guy. Yeah. And when they do that to a show, first of all, you're not really rooting for anybody. Two, you can't, I mean, anything can happen. There's no boundary. So when someone that you like does something terrible, you just kind of go, well, I'm not shocked. And then the the second season, it was like they went, you know what? Scrap what we did. We're going to do a time jump now where it's like eight months later and the world's changed. And I'm like, the other one that, that reminds me of that is, um, um, Falling Skies? I have only seen a couple episodes from the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are people that love that show. I haven't gotten the chance to really sit down and marathon it. It's it's alright. It's not fantastic. Uh, Colin Cunningham and I will... He's supposed to do a podcast episode at some point. Okay. Uh, but we'll, you know, every so now and again have a, a word or two on Facebook. And, you know, he's great in it. He plays a, a scumbag, but at the same time, he's such a scumbag that if I were the guy in charge, I'd just take him out. You're you're, you're no good to us. You're just an, another guy who can shoot something at the aliens. But yeah. when that's not happening, you're trying to take my spot. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, no, nah, you're, you know, done. Go away. It's, huh. it's um, you know... If you never see it, I think you'll you'll survive. <laughs> you know, if you get to a point where you're hungry for some new sci-fi, there have been good episodes. Like they, yeah, you know, they do make you care somewhat, so that when something happens, you go, "Ooh, okay." Um, one of the actors I've gotten the chance to meet's on there. I think uh, Doug Jones he usually plays creatures of some kind, or he was on there. I don't know if he's still on there or not. Um, trying to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's still on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's one that 
usually if he suggests something that he's in, people, well, usually my wife will say, oh, we need to watch this. Well, because it's on cable and we don't have cable, <laughs> we haven't been able to really watch it. So I think I may have seen it on Netflix, so I may have to see if I can peruse it and find it. Yeah. If not, no, I'll just have to see if I can borrow DVDs from somebody. <laughs> like, yeah, like I said, there are two shows that I still watch, but if I don't, it's you know, I'm always on the fence with them. Like, is there anything else on? No, I guess I'll watch it. And yeah. you kind of want to see. They they are pretty good about making you want to see what happens next. Okay. Until the end of the season, in which case I just go, who cares? What That was your ending? Yeah. When people, when shows do an ending that doesn't make you like, gah, why is this the season finale? <laughs> um, well, a good show that surprised surprised my wife and I when we were watching this past week I think it was this past weekend uh, that once upon a time on I think it's ABC they had it's not just fairy tales it's every basically every story you've ever been told what if it was actually real from another realm dimension whatever and uh, throughout the entire episode I, I just kept getting this feeling like they were wrapping up all the stories like all the major story arcs and I looked at my wife, I said, are we sure this show's not canned? Because this is really feeling like a series finale. Like, they're wrapping up some major story arcs here, you know. Yeah. And it, the weird thing is, it didn't even really feel like it was rushed, either. That was the frightening aspect of it. <laughs> so we're watching it, and then, you know, as you, you, know, as you pointed out, they, they do a one-year-later jump at the end of the episode. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the story or the character, you know, gets a knock on the door and it's like, da, what, how, what, do, what are you doing to me? You know, and now I think it's January. We have to wait till until that comes back. But, yeah. Well, but so yeah, and I looked at my wife. I said, that is brilliant. They basically lull you into the fact that, OK, the rest of the season's probably going to be boring because, you know, we wrapped up every story. Oh, surprise. Here's a hook in your side to drag you in for more yeah but uh yeah i mean just when when shows do finales for the season that just kind of just <clears throat> falls flat it's like why am i watching this now yep and yeah. falling skies has done that all three seasons oh geez yeah um, see, this was this was supposed to make me want to see more yeah hmm. um what was i gonna tell you uh, i'm looking at my christmas tree do you know that there's a stargate ornament there's a Stargate ornament. I will get it right now and show you because this apparently came from Hallmark. And you know how they always have I, I want to get like an Indiana Jones one. Okay. This year apparently there is no Indiana Jones one. Really? Wow. I know. But this is what I found. <laughs> Look, I'm going to bring it up close. Holy shit. <laughs> Look, on the side, replicators. Nice. I found this on eBay after Christmas. And okay. so it's, I have my RDA, Stargate, you know, they don't make MacGyver ornaments yet, but right. listen to, listen to this. That's them walking. Now that's one sound. That's them, right. the replicators, you know. And the, I think there's another one. Greetings, O 
Greetings, Jeff Neal. And then there's another one where he says, uh, anybody who comes up isn't getting down. And then Skyler yeah. says, but sir, that means, yeah, I, I, I know. I mean, that's, that's this. I got this for like three bucks. Jack O'Neill from, can you name the episode? Oh, I had a feeling you were going to do that. <laughs> I could cheat and just go over to my shelf, but... Um, it's the first one with the replicators. Yeah, it's the very first one with the replicators as an actual threat. Uh, go ahead. I'll be Get right back. Go ahead. This, this is going to bug me. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> nice. And, of course, it goes right in the middle of my Christmas tree right up front. I have, I have like, five Batman ornaments that I've gotten. And now that I have my Stargate, holy crap. They always come out with Star Wars, but I'm like, why Why would you not come out with Stargate? Yeah, it just seems foolish for them to... Yeah, right? And the fact that it, it had come out and I never saw it, and the fact that it makes noises... I believe it was Nemesis? Uh, the end of the season. End of season three. Yeah. Very nice. I was going to say, I knew it had to be in season three. I just couldn't remember if it was the last episode or the second to last episode, because I know they did that once or twice. So, all right, let me put that back. Yeah. You know, every time I talk about Stargate, the thing that goes through my head is, and, and I know you appreciate this, how the Sci-Fi Network and whoever's running it now just really dropped the ball on the franchise. Yeah. I think what didn't help was when they were doing Universe, MGM went belly up. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, we were supposed to get the great the great uh, direct-to-DVD movie all about Jack O'Neill. Yeah, we were supposed to get another SG-1 movie and I think two Atlantis movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never got them. I, um, and Universe, Universe had a lot of potential, and that, that just irked me i mean i know I the agree. first the first three episodes that mini movie basically yep was great and then they just week after week it's like why am i watching this and then the you second, didn't enjoy it after that the second well for for the, the episodes following immediately the the pilot the triple pilot basically it was like okay you guys have access to this technology that you can bring advisors in. You can bring, you know, uh, Jackson in and say, okay, we need you to translate this stuff because apparently we never had a ancient uh, specialist here to be able to translate this stuff. Right. Although that raises the question, was Rush actually able to uh, decipher that stuff and was just saying he couldn't because he didn't want to spend his days, you know, with a Sharpie saying, okay, this says open, this says this, this says that, you know, which I couldn't blame him. That'd be boring. But anyway, <laughs> um, the second half of the season really, you know, laid its hooks in me, got me, you know, it reinvigorated me. And the second season I really liked. I think the second season was definitely the stronger of the two, which typically is the case with most shows because, the cast's got its rapport down with each other, you know. Yeah. Everybody has, you know, their focus. And I really 
was bummed that the show got canceled. Right? And I think it got canceled before it even began, frankly. I, mean, yeah. I remember they Sci-Fi did no promotion for it. Uh, they well, just... it, it did promotion only for that first, you know, the first pilot. And right. then after so that, it's like, okay, we're done. It's like Then they'd move it around and then, you know, not show it when you're supposed to. Yeah, I, I remember they did that. And that that's what killed it for me. I, I As soon as that happened, I'm like, Sci-Fi is purposely trying to get get rid of this and what do we have now we have wrestling on mondays i i, I have no idea <laughs> and we have them intentionally purposefully making and i'm being kind when i say b movies i mean just terrible shark yeah garbage and yeah whoever came on board you know every every time they they say oh we're working on a new movie i'm like how many times can you take a shark theme and bastardize it they're going to answer that question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I when that shark Sharknado thing hit popularity, I guess in the middle of the summer, I'm like, no, I no, I no, just, <laughs> no. Well, my wife and I have this thing where if it's a night, if it's like a Friday or a Saturday night that her and I are both off, one of us will pick a movie and we'll watch it. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Well, I, I saw because, it by accident because people were telling me, you have to see it. I'm like, no, yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's horrible. And the only re- I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm picking it apart. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah, use the back hatch of a bus when you can use the roof access hatch. You're an idiot. You deserve to drown. Yeah. And at one point, I start picking it apart from a accuracy standpoint because it's like, First of all, if that water's only up to the top of the wheel, the water's not deep enough for any, you know, right. thing to be surviving. And I'm like, this is... And I looked at my wife, I'm like, oh my god, I figured it out. This movie was written by somebody who saw those uh, photoshopped images of sharks swing around streets and stuff when, uh, I think it was, New Orleans got flooded. And they thought that was real. They thought that was an actual, you know tiger shark that had found its way into the city and was you know prowling for food and she goes you might be right (laughs) (laughs) oh without a doubt and and it it kills me a couple things uh, that i need them to do besides doing that stargate movie for with jack because that was a member he got gypped out of his farewell episode yeah uh michael shanks told me they filmed at least a half hour of that episode was supposed to be about Jack getting the oh, news. Wow. Yeah, getting the news uh, that he got the promotion to Homeland Security, which they've never actually said on screen. Uh, I was going to say that just up and happened in between seasons, right? And it was supposed to be him dealing with it. I'm pretty sure it would have had him and Carter get married because that's kind of understood. Without, I want them to officially say it. Yeah, because they tried it enough. They might as well just up up front and admit it. Because the thing that they they couldn't get married before because he was direct chain of command. Yep. But the moment that you're not, uh, once you're the general and you're homeworld security, so you're going to be in Washington, they they have the writers have kind of said, yeah, they're married. Yeah. But I want them to officially say it. Yeah. And it, it was it gonna, something more than just, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
And and that whole half hour at least was supposed to be him giving, getting a proper send off, saying his so long, see you later, not goodbye, but I have to do this even though I don't want the promotion. It, same reason he became general. Yeah. Stop the bureaucrats from taking over. I will make the self sacrifice. Yeah. Well, and then Cooper goes, yeah, no, no, this is my show. Remember, he wanted to make it Stargate Command. Yeah. Which they kind of alluded to in the uh, the first episode with Ben Browder with uh, Welcome to Stargate Command. Yeah, Gary Jones. Which it it would have been okay if they wanted to do that. You know, if they wanted to do that, fine. But at least do the proper goodbye for basically the person that was the reason that a lot of people were tuning in for the week. Absolutely, you know, the dynamic with everybody and just. I mean, he, he led the show. I mean, he really did. Honest to God, I, I started watching it because he's my idol. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, you know what? Everything else brilliant. on this show is a phenomenal actor. In this oh, absolutely. Brilliant. I will say, and I think you agree, the first eight years, perfect, brilliant TV. Yeah. And then the moment that he's not on, and not just because of him not being in front of the screen, but because he wasn't in the background Actually. stopping the crap... You know, then we get Ben Browder and and Vala, who yeah, the such last two yeah, the last two seasons aren't horrible. No, it was basically, I hate to say it, it basically felt like a giant reset, which is what uh, what's his face Cooper was trying to do. Yeah, I mean, Cooper was I, going, get... I don't care about anybody and what they want. I'm gonna do what I want because this is da 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 my show. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, congratulations. You just sank a franchise. Yeah. I mean, I I thought the alien, or the enemy that they brought in was very interesting. Yeah, I had no problem with the Ori. I didn't, I didn't yeah. care about that. I had a problem with the writing where they would have a guy like Mitchell who I never accepted as a colonel. You're lucky you'd make captain. Yeah, I think. Or lieutenant. I think he really shouldn't have been brought on as the as the team lead. Right. I think what they should have done, I think this would have been an interesting change, was actually have Jackson be promoted to the team lead. That way you actually have a civilian having to deal with, okay, I'm now in charge of a military operation, basically. I agree. Or when Carter comes back. Or, yeah, or have just stick Carter back in that role. When she, because remember, she wasn't in the beginning because she was having the baby. Yep. When it she comes back, they could, have even, they could have even have said, oh, how was your honeymoon, Carter? Did Jack yeah. like the Bahamas? Done. There's your line. Took yep. two seconds, and we got our answer. They're married. Yeah. And the fact that they would intentionally not mention it, which is why... Even in universe, when Jack wakes up, he gets a phone call. He's home. They don't show who he's sleeping next to. Yeah. Which I'm thinking, at that point, were they trying to let it be a reveal for the movie that we were supposed to get? Yeah, it did kind of have that kind of... that they were eluding. Right. Yeah, that that, that was and, aggravating. And then to have someone like Vala come on... I, I, and you, you, you'll appreciate this. Cindy and I would watch every episode and go, right there. Every episode. That's the moment. No. Richard Dean Anderson would have said, stop. She's not going to be all sassy. 
She's not going to walk up to a senator's desk, sit on his desk, insult his manhood, and not get shot. You wouldn't be allowed in the room, let yeah. alone, you know, be able to get all sassy like she was. And, there, and that would happen in every single I was going to say, every episode she was in, that would happen. Yeah. She, yeah. Would, bat, she would be mouthy to, to the general, who would just kind of go, oh, no. I'm like, no, Jack would have shot her right there. He would have shot her and thrown her carcass back through the Stargate, let alone making her an official member of the team. Yeah. I got into a long debate about when I said that on uh, one of the forums a few years ago. They're like, really? Well, Tilk then shouldn't have been a member of the team. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, you you lose the... proved himself worthy of being a team member. Before he was even brought back to Earth. Yeah, just you by know? the sure fact that he, you know, ditched his... His job, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that right there was probably the strongest character moment I'd ever seen. And I think that's part of the reason why I love the show so much. Because you have this alien who literally, you know, has, you know, your lead character and everybody dead to rights. And he has this moment of, why am I doing this? These people that I'm doing this for, they don't have my back. Screw them. <laughs> Boom. Turns around and, you know, that was just brilliant. I and, loved it. And also to have Jack who, you know, is is a colonel kind of reach out his hand and say, come with me. And then to defend him so much. Oh, yeah. You know, from there, like they, they've said many times, they're brothers. Same thing with Daniel. Yeah. They're all family. Oh, absolutely. When you bring, when you bring, bring Mitchell and Vala, you knew there was no sense of family with them there. There was Teal, Carter, and Daniel were family, but the other two were, I always got the sense like, we're just kind of tolerating them. Yeah. And when yeah. Mitchell would give an order to Tilk, if you watch, I can remember an episode in particular, he would look at Carter, and Carter would nod. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, I think I know where he's going with that. Yeah, it was the, it was the god-awful one with the dragon. In particular, yeah, he goes, uh, Tilk, you go around and flank him on that side, and what we'll do is do that. And he just kind of looks at it, and it's subtle. It's not supposed to be noticed per se. But yeah. He just kind of looks at Carter, and Carter gives him a yes. You can do that. Okay, I love yeah. that. Love it. Yeah, I, like I said, I think had they made Mitchell the new guy on the team, yeah, had either Carter or Jackson in charge with Tilk, that way you have the the smart-ass military guy to, I hate to say it, step in, try to step into the shoes of O'Neill, it would have been an interesting dynamic because you had the three people who've been around working together for more or less a decade, and you have the new guy who's trying to prove himself. That, I think, would have been an interesting... And then eventually evolve him into, you know, series finale, or that part of the show's run having him step into the role of the team leader after maturing as a soldier, maturing as a character and, and all that. And then, then have, you know, Carter being in charge of command and it just, so, it would have been an inter more interesting evolution of it, but and, and then to, what do we know? We're just the fans. <laughs> <laughs> We're just the guys who pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to have Corn character not come back, like, yeah. for me, it would have been, okay, Daniel's back. That doesn't mean he has to go. You could just, okay, you just, you're going to be the guy who works on Earth. 
when, when Daniel brings back the stuff to decipher, he'll decipher it. Yeah. You know what? I mean, and, and then to have, in my mind, I like to think that he did come back. Because even when they go to, in universe, towards the end, they go to his planet. Yeah. Mention him! Show him! Have him come out! Yeah. Or have just someone simply ask, how's, how's he enjoying his... Jonas. Uh, yeah, Jonas. Sorry. I was like, his last name's Quinn. His last name's Quinn. What was his first name? <laughs> um, yeah, have someone ask, how's Jonas enjoying his... Uh, Yes. New assignment. Just something simple. Yes. You know? it, it was such a dismissive sort of thanks, but hit the road. Yeah. That I thought it doesn't. It, I mean, for, they did. Sir. They did such a good job at acknowledging Donis Davis when he'd passed yes. away. Yes. Yes. That was a beautiful way to do it. I yep. mean, and I remember catching that episode with my wife because my wife. I'm gonna convert her. She's not a huge Stargate fan. But that's okay. I can live with that. <laughs> um, seen all of SG One. She's she's seen bits and pieces of SG One. She did get to see a good bit of Atlantis. Now she did say she liked Atlantis, so she wants to at least go she, back and watch SG One. She love SG One. Yeah. Don't show her nine and ten. Just show her, <laughs> show her well, the first eight seasons. One of the episodes she saw was, I think it was in seasons. I think it was season seven where Vala. The whole episode is between oh, Vala. That. And, yeah. That was a good episode as a standalone episode. Right. Should they have had her in for full series runs? God. Now, have her back periodically just to be a thorn in Daniel's side. There you go. There you go. I think that would have been interesting. Or if they were going to have her her be around for, like, off and on throughout a season, not boom, 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 boom in it. Well, that's like having Penny Parker or Jack Dalton or even Murdoch. You have them yeah. on once or twice a season. That's it. If, if Penny Parker's in every episode of MacGyver... It, it's know, kill the character. Holy crap, people would just hate her so much. Yeah. To this day, people hate her. Yeah. But uh, I completely forgot where I was going with my earlier statement. Yeah, <laughs> your wife has saw the Unbound, I think it was. Was that the episode? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was Unbound. And she, she liked that. She's just like, well, okay... I'm thinking about giving it a chance. So. Good. Good. But it's, uh, it's just getting the time to sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I already, I warn people, I say get into Stargate, but understand that the first season is just laying the format down. Because it kind of, it's very much, we go off world and we deal with people and then we go home. Well, that's Star Trek. Yeah. You know, I remember watching it for the first time and going, I love RDA, but if this is what this show is going to be, I'm going to not love it like I should. And then the episode, the last three episodes of that first season, boom, blows everything out of the water. Yeah. And and the show would build on the mythology from there. Oh, on. absolutely. Yeah. The, um, well, I have to laugh. I mean, that was back when it was on Showtime and watching, I could, we didn't have Showtime at the time and we lucked out. The night SG-1 premiered, they were doing, like, a free weekend or whatever. I saw that, yes. <clears throat> and I got to watch that, and I was like, I, I campaigned. I was, like, I was telling my mom and dad, look, you know, I will, you know, mow neighbors' yards. I will do whatever it takes so that we can get showtime. No, we just can't really afford it. And, no, we'd rather you save your money for something else other than just a, a single channel on TV. I'm like, ah. Oh. 
So I said something to my aunt, who had Showtime at the time, and uh, she'd record the episodes, and she'd wait until the tape got full, drop it off, and I'd blow right through the entire tape that night. And uh, so it was like once a month I'd get this tape. (laughs) And then we did that for five years, I think. I think it was the the sixth year it got bumped over to... Sci-fi. Sci-fi. So that's when Cornemic came on board. Yep. Because that was the year uh, Michael Shanks, either he was doing Broadway or he was trying to do movies. What what happened was, and I remember this because Cindy and I kind of laughed. I guess, and he admits it now too, uh, because I I remember talking to him about it and I had to be delicate. He got a little arrogant. Ah, Yeah, he thought, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I don't need to play second fiddle. I'm good enough to be a star in my own show. Now, that's true. He's a brilliant actor. Oh, yeah, he's, no argument. he's a good actor. But you stick on a show until it dies. You do not leave early. Yeah. And he went out into the world and did a couple... I think he did direct TV movies. He did, yeah, TNT movies where he wasn't even the star. And then he came back and said, um, can I come back? Yeah, because I think it was the second half of that season you see him popping up. Yep, yep. Yep. But yeah, the um, and at that point, because we had sci-fi, I was able to, you know, just every week tune in for the episodes, and it was, I, I loved it, you know that that was the great thing about, you know, having a nice aunt that could, you know, string you along with the <laughs> video crack, I guess you could call it. I always had to wait a year later because they would start to show the repeats or the repeats that first the season a year later on. What I guess the WB or whatever channel UPN yeah yeah so I'm like ooh and I happen I never saw anything about Stargate up until then and the night that they were going to show the first episode coincidentally they were showing the movie on a different channel a couple hours before mm. so I just that was perfect I'm like yeah. okay so this is a year later brilliant ooh wow I see how they're referencing it you know great they even talk about General West who who retired. I love that. I, I love that little nod. Yep. I really did. That was that was great. And the fact that, you know, Michael Shanks did a great James Spader. Yeah, I mean, it it took me probably two, three episodes for it to finally click. Wait, that's not the same actor. He he did a very good job at mimicking his look. Were you at the Stargate convention where a guy actually in the audience raised his hand and talked to Michael Shanks and said, I, I have a question for you. Was it, well, how was being in the movie different from being on the tv show and everybody 200 heads whip around and look at this guy like you moron <laughs> this is your chance to talk to a star from the show and you don't even know that that wasn't him <laughs> oh uh. oh um i know we have to wrap it up i don't want to but uh you're you'd come on again wouldn't you oh yeah absolutely i'd Good. definitely be interested. i feel like we're just getting started uh do you, you collect comics uh it's been a while since I've collected comics. I see the I'd say probably about five years. I see the Batman shirt behind you. Batman shirt. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> that's yeah, that, okay. was actually, that was actually uh, that's a sweatshirt I got from a, a friend of mine a couple years ago. But yeah, I, Batman's been always my favorite comic book character. Um, I'm trying to think, last comics I, I collected. Well, let me tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sell you the way I've been selling other people. Do you right. have a iPad? I have a 
tablet. I don't have that's a. That's fine. IP. It's the same thing. It's, that's all I do. Basically, yeah. Well, I have, due to finances and just room, I've had to convert from paper to electronic comics. Yeah. Changes your life, let me tell you. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I have uh, the whole Dresden File book series on my, my tablet. Well, and we it, think, this is, this is, you'll love this because they also make a, a comic of that. Oh, okay. Um, and they, they make Doctor Who uh, comics, which I'm getting. Uh, I coincidentally got them uh, and didn't know it was the same writer who, Tony Lee, who did the MacGyver comic. Okay. And he's going to come on and do a chat with me, which is very sweet. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, whoa, this is the same guy who I'm reading different books of him. I didn't even know it was the same guy. Um, I'm going to send you a link. What DC Comics did a few years ago was they started from scratch. Yeah, they, they rebooted the... The new 52. The they call thing, it. Yeah. I'm going to send which, you a link to... Which frustrates me with what they've done with some of the characters. But yes. other, other characters, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Right, I agree. Absolutely. Um, there is a... The, the first arc... Out of all the comics that I read, and I read comics since I was 15 every week, you know, I got, I know it. So I steer, I will not steer you wrong. I'm going to send you a link to when they started this Batman. Um, they got a new writer, new artist who are so fantastic. It's the best comic going right now. Uh, the first story arc is called The Court of Owls. Okay. I think I remember seeing. It might have been even you had posted something about uh, shared a link where yes. it was like the cover art or whatever. I'm like, yes. that's kind of neat looking. I'm going to send that to you. I highly recommend just buying it through your tablet. Okay. Uh, if that doesn't hook you, that's fine. But I swear to God it will because it's been the same writer artist ever since for the past three years. And I pray they never leave because everything is just fantastic. And I read, like I said... I know I read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. I had um, I think the last major arc I had collected. This will show you how long ago it was. Was um, when well, it was Hush and Fugitive Wayne, when Bruce Wayne had been. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's going back a couple years. But Hush was a great story. Oh, yeah, that was. I mean, both of them had their great moments. The the moment from Hush that I always get a kick out of is them finally showing who would win in a battle between Superman and Batman. Because we all know it would be Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Batman would go prepared. Yep. And um, in Fugitive Wayne, it's that moment where Bruce Wayne is standing in the prison cell and behind him in the, in the sky you see the bat signal. And <laughs> he's talking about how, you know, after all these years he... He knows truly what is the mask and what is his real face. And as the panels are going, you see a shadow slowly creeping down his face. And as soon as it gets to right above his his, his mouth, his eyes are no longer you know the pupils, yeah. the dot. It's the bat you know the bat look. Yeah. And it's that visualization of he's Bruce Wayne died when he was eight. He's been a mask since then. It was just mm -hmm. awesome. I loved it, you know. Yep, and I loved I remember him taking out all the, the, the guys. He's like, oh, here I am in prison. This kind of sucks. Meanwhile, people are, like, trying to take his head off, and he's just snapping bones and getting yeah. through the crowd, you know. So yeah, and I love how he'll be able to walk again and pushes that guy out of the way. Yeah, it's just, he's just, you know, 
getting people out of his way so he could go sit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will send you that link, and I, 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 I hope you you do buy it because it's it's. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to take a look at. It. I mean, so I've, good. I mean, I get a fifteen minute break each night when I work, so it's like okay, I can sit there and BS with my coworkers, where most of them are just strange. <laughs> <laughs> or I can sit there and you know kill fifteen minutes doing something I I like, where you know. I don't like reading my books at work because 15 minutes is just long enough to really start wanting to, you know, go through page after page and really getting into the book. But a comic book, the nice thing is they're relatively short compared to, you know. Right. And this is a two-part graphic novel, but I'll just send you the link for the first one. Okay. And cool. you'll get hooked and want to see. I swear to God, it's fantastic. And then when you want more suggestions, I'll gladly, we'll have conversations about this. Oh, absolutely! I'm excited for you. I'm telling you. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's interesting. A lot of, I mean, I, for like the past two years, I've been working on a, a sci-fi story movie that I'd actually like to produce myself, and it's funny the stuff that kind of can inspire you. Like, well, I wonder what would happen if this would happen. You know, and how that can influence your thinking when you're trying to do something completely original then right so yeah no i i know i i get all my inspirations from god everywhere well you know anybody who loves anything adventurous sci-fi or yeah. whatever you get it you know what i mean you know okay i'm gonna be inspired by this or you know like we're talking about the comic like that's fantastic yeah the whole the whole idea of batman being locked quote unquote in a in a jail cell when the light goes off and he knows he can break out but has to stay. Yeah. You know, that's fantastic. Oh, um before you go, did you pick what Christmas song you wanted to play? Uh I think the the Santa Baby with the the original artist singing it I think would be a good one. Okay, you know, I, it's funny I was saying to Cindy, I'm like Santa Baby why does she have to sound like such a slut? <laughs> this is like the hooker song to Santa. Yeah, it, it definitely does have that feel for feel towards it. Well, I the part part that I I think part of the reason why I, I like that song so much is it has that older feel to it, like of the 30s, 40s, 50s, even. Right. And you yeah. could almost kind of like while you're listening to it, you can almost envision it being done by like a one of those old pinup, exactly uh, pinup artist girl or pinup models. Yep, yep. So, like, and to me, that that uh, that's a style that I always thought looked better than, I hate to say it, the trashy looks that you see today. Right. It's yeah. the uh, the Betty Boop. That's why I always think yeah, the more Betty Boop style. Yeah. All right. Well, um, everybody, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we're gonna have Nathan on again because he's fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I was fun. I, Absolutely. I, I had this fear up until like 2:59. Like, man, this is going to be awkward as heck. You know, I'm. Oh. He's not going to. He's going to be like, I don't know why I'm talking to you. You know, <laughs> but you know, at three o'clock, I'm like, well, it's showtime. So. Well, and it always killed me that uh, you know, we we got along so well when I met you, and then when I didn't see you other years, I'm like, ah, crap. Like for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, all right, who who's not here that I was looking forward to seeing? And it was you. And I thought, okay, 
first chance I get to actually talk to him. And now to have you on here is fun, you know? Yeah. Because I know that people are listening about MacGyver and Stargate and comics and, you know, yeah. that's what this is all about. The, the podcast is supposed to be just fun, lighthearted conversation. Oh, absolutely. Good people. I mean, well, that's, that's the nice thing about the internet constantly evolving like it is, you know, five years ago, Skype was in its infancy, I think, and people were trying to use it and it would be like hit or miss. Right. You'd have video dropouts and stuff like that. Now, you know, I think once maybe the, the video freezed for a second and then it caught right up. Yeah. And even the audio kept going. So that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, it's, that's the nice thing. I mean, e- heck, even if I was on the West coast, We'd still be able to, you know, that's the nice thing about this. Yep. And it makes you really wonder, you know, in another five years, you know, obviously laptops are going to go through an evolution, you know, they're going to get thinner, lighter and all that stuff. And it really raises the question, how much of that sci-fi tech that we've all just kind of lusted after is going to be factual? Right. You know. Um, so everybody, don't forget, we're always looking for art. Uh Fun art that we can post uh, through the Never Gets Old podcast, the MacGyver edition of it. Um, if anybody has a, a an inkling to do anything, it could be anything. We'll use it on on our episodes here on out. So, I, I don't know if you know any good artists, Nathan, but uh, share the news, will you? Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I've got a, I think a couple friends that do quirky and strange artwork, so I can. Uh plant some ideas in their heads and it's great because we have joseph arnold who does some for us and it he'll you know have nick and i because nick is usually uh my co-podcaster mm-hmm. and uh do variations on that we do one where i'm he did one where he's indiana jones and i'm batman so that's cool you know Weird. it's fun it's lighthearted. it doesn't have to be anything complicated but yeah it's fun to see your art posted every week during a new podcast very cool All right, everybody, we will catch you later. Hope you have a wonderful Merry Christmas, and let us know what you think. And thanks again to Nathan. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And his pick was Santa Baby, so here you go. Slip a sable under the tree for me Been an awful good girl, Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed. Next year I could be just as good if you check off my Christmas list Santa baby I want a yacht and really that's not a lot 
been an angel all year, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa honey, one little thing I really need the deed to a platinum mine, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa cutie, and fill my stocking with a duplex and checks. Sign your X on the line, Santa cutie, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Come and trim my Christmas tree with some decorations bought at Tiffany. I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Santa baby forgot to mention one little thing, a ring. I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry. Tonight. <laughs>